Hey guys, welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Maura. I'm Sarah. Grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea and let's get started. Like I'm angry. I, I like I'm angry with God at this point. I was like, how does Stephen know what he's doing with his life before I do? Here I am. I'm 24. I've got things, relationships I've tried. They didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am. What do you want from me is, is kind of what it came down to. And I heard through a friend about this program called Duke and Alton. It was put on by the Salesian sisters and it's eight retreats over eight months. So once a month, you're going to get together with a bunch of people who are in their 20s and you're going to talk about discerning. We spent six of these days learning about things like Ignatian spirituality and discernment of spirits. And we had small groups where we would talk about, okay, so what have we done in the last month to talk about our discerning? What have we done to discern? Where are we at? Where are we at with our relationship with our friends, our family, with God? And it was after the... The second one, I sent an email to my bishop. I was like, dear bishop, my name is Mark. I think I'm supposed to be a priest. Sam. <laughs> Again, let's just jump in with two feet and my eyes closed. So it's like, okay, I am on board with this. I don't know what it means. I don't know what challenges are ahead of me, but I'm on board. Like, let's go. Let's see where this is going. And I get a reply back. It's like, okay, so here's the vocation director's info. <laughs> I was like, okay, copy, paste, send this email to, to the, to the vocation director. This is November. And he's like, okay, come see me in January. And I love this vocation director. Monsignor Kevin is been a priest for seems like ever. And he, he's just, he knows he's very wise and he's got his finger on the pulse of things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And he'll look at you and be like, how are you doing? (laughs) He knows. (laughs) And he knows, he, he knows. Well, he's not the vocation director anymore, but he, he had a deep, caring, like fatherly figure. He, he cared about all of the seminarians. He, he wanted us to, to do well, to make sure that we were discerning well, but then also well in our, in our humanity too, well in our spiritual life, in our human life, in, our, in all of the things. And so he's like, meet me in the new year. And that was well and good. And I... The, the university campus had a, a monthly adoration night. So I would drive into Ottawa and I would go to adoration because that from the first time at Journey to the Father, that was something like, okay, I have to seek out ways that I can get to adoration more often. Yeah. And so I went to this thing and I was at adoration and there was a social afterwards for the university students and I was about university age and I bumped into a girl. Oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like, oh, okay. Um, what the heck? Us girls will really get you. <laughs> that it's just it, it was it was just one of those things. And it was like, okay, now what do I do? And the the funniest of circumstances, she was a little bit younger than I was, and I had got sick at Christmas, as is tradition, and I was in bed for a couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, I get a call and I'm on like flu medication. I'm, oh. I'm out of it. And I get a phone call and I'm like, Hey, and she's like, 
I haven't heard from you in a couple of days. Whatever this thing is, it's it's no longer. And I was like, cool. Because I was out of it. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, like, that cleared itself up. I didn't have to worry about it. Um, but I did worry about it. But I was like, it, it, probably oh. not worth the drama. But it, <laughs> Like, okay, cool. That's that. That's 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 that. Oh, I might have to throw and then hang up the phone and just, you know, went to like. I think that's how every conversation happens. If like goes, if you are like on like really like a high dose of cold medicine for like being sick, and you're just like someone calls you and you're just like, uh, yeah, uh huh, okay, yeah. Cool. (laughs) Cool. And so that's. So funny. <laughs> I anyway, the January comes and it's okay. I've got to I've got to do this whole application to the seminary thing, and it's like write a six-page personal history. And I'm a kind of guy like I haven't written anything since high school. I've sat and listened to music for twelve hours a day while I worked. Sure. So anyway, I had to go and and do this thing, and I, you know, I thought I had finished the the application, and I sent it in, and they sent it back, and they're like, do more. And I, you know, a couple weeks later, I would send it in and they would send it back, like, make it better. And, and this went on for like the first four months of the year. Oh. And I'm still going through Duke and Ultimate at this time and developing really good friendships with, with that group of guys. My small group was four men and four of us were discerning priesthood. It was, it was pretty awesome. One of them's now married and expecting his first kid. It's wonderful. He's a, he's a teacher out in Alberta. The other one's in Ottawa and and is still working at his job and still doing. He discerned not to go to seminary. Mm-hmm. One of them's a Jesuit now, and it was just the best group of really authentic brotherhood that I needed at that time. Like, yeah. let's all pop in the car and try to get Wendy's at eight o'clock in the morning when they're closed. But because yeah. we just, you know, spent the last 20 minutes laughing about how wonderful Baconators are. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, <laughs> and so I I go through this and it's this this constant like okay like I I really want this now Lord I really want this now I really just I want this now I want to go to seminary my brother was on board with the idea by by Easter it took him from September to Easter to be on board with the idea he kind of got excited one day he called me and he's like Mark if we become priests we could take like vacations at the same time and we could go like camping and canoeing and have campfires and say like mass out in the woods and it'd just be the two of us and like this is really exciting you have to do this and I was like okay yes because he was he was getting really excited and I was getting really excited but impatient sure and God was telling me to be patient and so mm-hmm. I was, a, I was a, we had the bishop over for, for dinner as a family and uh, I showed him my retreat Bible. We were trying to find the motto of the seminary I go to, mm-hmm. which is Jeremiah 315. I'll give you past, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. So I had, I have parts of that high, like parts of Jeremiah 3 highlighted, mm-hmm. but it's like all around that part and not. Yeah. that part and it's the like uh, <laughs> uh so it goes jeremiah three twelve. return faithless israel says the lord i will not look on you in anger for i am merciful says the lord i will not be angry forever only acknowledge your guilt and then like i don't i have 14 highlighted return O faithless children says the lord i will bring you to zion 
so a little bit of paraphrasing going on but this this is highlighted and then right under it is the i will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you feed you with knowledge and understanding and i didn't have that highlighted and my bishop's looking at this and looking at me and going like guilty conscience much <laughs> i was like <laughs> yeah I did not expect to be called out at supper but he accepted me to study as a, as a seminarian and, and i was like okay that's great he's like okay great you've done this application now you have to apply to the seminary oh it's just like hey mark be patient no 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 but like this is a good thing right lord yes it's a good thing okay it's a good thing so we, let's do it now why wait it's like no mark be patient I'm like <laughs> why why yeah i a little bit i was you know this is eight years ago seven years ago but i was Right. still a little child in my faith at, at 22, yeah. 23 years old. I applied to the seminary. I went down for the interview and about a week after, like I remember walking through the, the seminary for the first time and just not having words. It's a very, very, very beautiful seminary and the chapel mm. is breathtaking. I got a call a, a week after and they said, Mark, we're, we're not accepting you. We're not accepting you because you haven't been in school for five years at this point. We feel like this might be too much all at once. What? I, I know. We're, we recommend that you study as, do all your first year courses like you would, but be a, live on campus, be a, be a college student, see how your grades do, and we'll reevaluate in a year. It's not a no forever. It's just a not right now. Oh, no. And yeah. I was crushed yep yep i was crushed it was like what the heck like lord did we not agree that this was a good thing right <laughs> i thought we were on the same page yeah a, yeah seriously this was a I, good thing like i love when i'm on the same page with god and then he's just like eh. and you're just like excuse me we we had to, we talked about this you're on the same page as God, but like you're not paying attention to the bottom half. And he's, <laughs> it's like, oh, this part's really good. This, but yeah, but Mark, pay attention about it down here. Um, oh, man. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I said, I remember being crushed and I, I went, I was like, I'll pray about it. I'll, I'll get back to you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way. And um, I am very glad that I decided to accept their invitation to to live on campus, which is right across the road from the seminary at the university college, to do all the first year cl classes like I typically would have, just without any of the seminary formation. Oh, yeah, so I, okay. I was 23 at this point, and like I lived on campus with all the other 18-year-old first years, mm -hmm. which was not a lot of fun. Ooh, nope, nope, mm -mm. nope. That's uh, uh, I was, you know. There's a maturity difference. <laughs> that's putting it mildly. Oh I, yes. <laughs> I, I I was getting off the farm and, and used to waking up at you know four thirty five o'clock in the morning, and I'm I, my roommate is an eighteen year old kid from the from the city. He doesn't know what a farm is. He's. <laughs> You know, he's showering and getting ready to go out for an evening of partying when I'm getting ready to go to bed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this is going to be a long year. Gosh, yeah. I eventually, halfway through the year, I think at the beginning of the winter semester, I, I did switch rooms. I got my own room. Um, and the, that second semester went 
much better. Oh. I'm, <laughs> I love people, but I also love knowing that I have a room that's my own, that I can go a retreat. I never spent much time in away my room. Away from the baby, the baby college students. Away, away from right. the baby college oh. students. Yeah. I made friends with like all of the fourth years. Yep. You know, you I gotta I survive made, somehow. <laughs> I would, yeah. I, and, and some of the third years and, and they have a wonderful campus ministry program at the, the college or the university college. And I, I got to know some of, I was in one of my friend's weddings last summer because guy I met through this experience. Oh, nice. And so here I was, you know, the summer before going like, God, I thought we were on the same page about this. And God's like, remember that patience thing? Okay, I've mm. got good things in store for you, but you're being really stubborn. So, you know, <laughs> like you can't drink water from a fire hydrant. You know, you need like a cup. So little by little, Mark, you can't. Gosh, I, I, I imagine. That's my imagination running, but like. God gets probably a little bit frustrated with me sometimes. Just, be, I imagine God sometimes being very sarcastic to me and being like, Mark, are you serious? Uh, okay, I still love you. Let's go. Let's work on this. Let's do this thing. And I made some really wonderful friendships. And then I was meeting with the rector of the seminary at the end of my first year down in that city. I had done all my courses. I did really well in all of my courses. Yeah. And they're like, okay, because you went through this application process last year and we don't believe that much has changed, we just want you to write something, no limit. What was it like to live away from home? What was it like to be at school? What, what, what did you experience in this last year? Mm-hmm. And based on that, we'll, we'll reevaluate. I was like, okay, that's great. I get texts from a friend and they're like, hey, we're going down to the, the breakfast pub right at the, the main gates of the university. I said, I will see you there. So after a couple of beers and some breakfast food, I was like, okay, I've got a pretty good buzz going. I will watch a movie and then I will type this document. And that's what I did. Like I, I think I watched fo- like Firefly or the movie Serenity that's involved in the Firefly. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. It was, it was really good. And it, it was really good on a couple of beers too. And uh-huh. I, I finished that. And I was like, okay, crack my knuckles. And I sat there and I wrote three single space pages like that. It just flowed wow. and sent that in that night. One of my big flaws is that I don't you proofread things. <laughs> I don't proofread things. It, I, I word like Microsoft word said there, there were no spelling mistakes. So, and they say like the rest is kind of history like I that was accepted and I started the next year and I was a seminarian I remember being on my buddy's back deck drinking beer on a Saturday afternoon and getting the email being or no it was a Friday afternoon getting the email being like hey uh you're accepted to seminary your official letters like in the mail but we wanted to like inform you by email this is your welcome package I was like oh this is really cool and so like I immediately went out and got like a whole bunch of dress clothes because I'm typically in a hoodie and jeans and seminarians are a little bit better dressed and just a, um, little, yeah. just a little bit. So I had to get really fancied up and, you know, I cleaned up the farm kid and now I'm a seminarian. 
a lot of my friends have been like, hey, like it's a done deal now, right? You're you're three weeks into seminary. That means you're going to be a priest. And it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've got seven years of education in front of me. Yep. And yep. I, I have a journey. I'm on a journey of discernment of you know, discovering who I am. And it's a time of growth in self-knowledge and in my knowledge of God uh, academically and intellectually, but then also relationally. And where's your prayer life and how is your prayer life going and how is it developing? And the the biggest blessing I have at seminary is my spiritual director, you know, that regular confessor, that, that guy who's with you journeying with you through all of this thing, that kind of wiser, older priest who's like, Oh yeah, I've been there. Bring this up in prayer and see what, how that affects your situation and do this and do Mm -hmm. that. And maybe don't do that. And two things that really kind of weirded me out at seminary. The first one was this girl I had met at university the year before when I wasn't a seminarian who was like, mm-hmm. so you're really like caring and compassionate and attentive and intentional when we're hanging out. And I'm like, she's not saying it in these words, but she's noticing that I'm like, actually paying attention and I'm actually giving wholesome attention and it's it's not motivated by anything and it's like hey date me and I'm like seminary like (laughs) I you know like no (laughs) the answer would be if in any other situation the answer would be like yeah sure a hundred percent why not you're you know a beautiful young lady and I would be, you know, silly to, if in any other situation, but I have my, my, my heart and my eyes set on, on seminary right now. This is where I truly believe the Lord is calling me. And so you are a very wonderful, beautiful daughter of God, but right now you're a distraction. And that is not always the easiest thing to convey to somebody else. And it's not just the opposite sex. It's like, Hey, you're my buddy. And you only invite me out to go to the bar. You only invite me out to play video games on a Saturday. I've got other responsibilities. I've got other things that I need to do. I've got, first and foremost, my relationship with God. I've got to be making sure, like, that's my priority. Yeah. And you right now are a distraction. So this is going to have to be scaled back or this is going to have to be cut out. And that is not easy. And that's that that comes that can only come from a, from a deepening maturity. Like, Hey, you know, these, these are my boundaries. I can come out to the bar with you. Maybe it's once a month, maybe it's less than that. But I know that if we go to the bar, I've, I've got to leave by a certain hour Mm -hmm. because I've got responsibilities the next morning. My, my life has changed. And that's, that's good. It's, it's good. It's a wonderful thing, but it's, it's one of the things when your life is growing in a different direction than, than your friends, it's Mm -hmm. difficult. It is. I, I know you've talked about this on the show before because I've listened and <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not easy to say to your friends, like, this isn't where I'm at. It's not the end of our friendship. It's just the end of our friendship as it used to be. It's gotta be different. It's gotta be, I still love and cherish this friendship, but it's gotta be expressed in a different way. The, the other thing that really threw me for a loop in my first couple of years at seminary was somebody saying to me, you would make a really good teacher. You're really, really good with kids. 
you would make a really, really good teacher. Kindergarten, JK, grade one, grade two, they need good role models. I don't know if I could be a, a, a teacher at seminary. That I think uh, okay. requires a little bit. I could teach kindergartners. I could teach, you know, elementary school kids. I, I have a lot of joy. I think I'm just chaotic enough to, to fit right in. It could work. Yes. But that threw me for a loop because for the first couple of years of of seminary, I was like, okay, I'm discerning between a good thing and a good thing. And mm -hmm. if I'm a seminarian, if I'm a, if I'm a priest that comes with, you know, the fact you, you can't get married, you can't have kids. This is something you're saying no to. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm saying no to all these things, but it's still a good thing. And I'm marriage is like saying, yes to a good thing but it comes with like all of these things you get to have you get to be married you get to have kids and if you're a teacher you can be married so that like that's that's where it threw me for a loop because it's like okay so like being a teacher is a good thing being a role model to to young men as a young man is a good thing and here i am good thing or good thing good thing or good thing yeah and you know, you bring that to spiritual direction because if you don't, you're headed nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. And my spiritual director is like, okay, put that aside for a second. All of the things you list, you're like, okay, we're saying no to this. We're saying no to this when you choose the priesthood. You're saying no to this. What are you saying yes to? Focus on that for a second. And then as my time at seminary has has continued to go on, I've, I've learned other things. The... I don't know how much I could, I, I could go on a rant right now uh, or not a rant, but like I could, I could ramble for, for a long time, but like love in, in the context of marriage is the, in the conjugal act is unitive and procreative. It mm-hmm. unifies and it, it generates life. And this book I read split the, the unitive aspect into two words, belonging and connecting. Yeah. So everybody's, their deepest desires are to belong, to connect and to create life. Yeah. And so how do you do that in your current vocation, in your life situation? How do you connect with others? Yeah. How do you find a sense of belonging and how do you create life for yourself? That could be art, could be music, could be by providing a a good example to to kids who are are growing up or a good example to your peers even. But Mm -hmm. those are your deepest desires to belong, to create and to connect. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do with those things? And if you're saying yes to priesthood, you're saying yes to a particular way of belonging, a particular way of connecting with others and a particular way of creating life with other people that is different and distinct from the way a married couple creates life together. That's true. And so that was the aha moment for Uh me. It's like, okay, I've got to, I, I can rely on my friends for belonging and feeling connected. I can definitely rely on my relationship with God for belonging and connecting mm-hmm. um, and for, for creating life. Okay. Well, God willing, I'll be ordained a priest in a year and I'll have many hundreds of spiritual children and mm-hmm. creating life. And the, the kids I chaperoned at different Steubenville Toronto retreats, creating and generating their spiritual life to me is it's no different. That's creating life playing music, taking photos, that's, that's creating life for myself. And then there's all of these different things. And so 
you know, that was a really profound moment of growth for me at seminary. It was like, hey, what are these three things in your life right now? And how are you appropriately and authentically using and seeking these things? And so I'm hesitant today right now about, will I always have good friends that I can belong with and connect to? I'm uncertain about if I'm at one end of the diocese and my friends who are literally scattered all over the globe, will I feel the same connection to them? Mm-hmm. And I know, I know logically that I will feel a sense of belonging at the parish I'm placed in and that I will feel some sort of connection to the people. Yeah. I would have to, if I'm ever going to consider myself quasi successful, you, you can't be a good priest and not be connected to the people. Yeah, like, exactly. The expression yeah. that comes to my mind right now is um, a good shepherd smells like his sheep. Yeah. And that's like so easy. It's, it's a simple, easy answer, but like, do you know the struggles of the people sitting in the pew? Can you affect like effectively preach to those things? And it's well and good to smell like your sheep, but how do you pick them up? How do you create authentic life in them so Mm. that they can then go out and create authentic life? Yeah. And the, the shepherd that smells like their sheep is in the thick of it. And, yep. and in the thick of it with them, I'm not high and above that. I'm just, I'm in there with you guys and yeah. let's go. That's yeah. That, it's, it's getting me excited. Um, Yay. That is and, so cool. Mark <laughs> I'm I, like blown away by same here. I think I, yeah, that's, that's basically everything. That's, that's me. Mark, that's so cool. You're just so deep and insightful. I just am so blown away by everything that you just said. (laughs) Um, I love how, and knowing a little bit of you that I know now, just like I know that you find so much joy in taking pictures and photography. And I know that, like, I know little bits and pieces about you. And now that all makes sense when you give that perspective of trying to create life. There are other ways that you can implement those human desires into your life as a priest and how you have really done that and done that so beautifully. Your story is so cool. It is so cool. <laughs> um, Thank you. And as someone that returned to undergrad at 25 and was in classes with 18 to, 20, 18 to 21-year-olds, I'm like, you guys are children. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you're a freshman, right? I'm like, I am 25. <laughs> oh, I, I remember being on campus during orientation week and I was walking through when all the first years, I was a third or fourth year at this point. Like, I think I was in my theology degree. I had finished philosophy and, and somebody's like, oh, do you need help finding somewhere? I was like, I know more than you. Like, <laughs> I know I just, more than you. <laughs> I had, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a master's student. I, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No. <laughs> One thing that I really like that you said earlier was you had talked about like being in the seminary for a couple of weeks and your friends are joking like, oh, when you're a priest and you're like, well, hold on though. That's like um, being, th- that's being a few weeks into a relationship because I believe that being a seminarian, seminarian is being in a relationship with the church and you're discerning 
like marrying the church yeah I th- there are definitely parallels to yeah. that yeah it's a lot of fun to say like hey but i'm kind this- of spoken for a little bit yeah yeah like your um, girlfriend's the church yeah well <laughs> Well, but I like, because I feel like sometimes some people, when they think about going into seminary or a religious life or whatever it is, there's this kind of thought in the background of, I'm going to, if I go in there though, they're going to like close the door, lock it and throw away the key and I'll never be able to get out. And that's not the case in but it's but it's so funny like the way that your friend said oh when you're a priest and you're like I have seven years left of this you know and then you had that girl who's like so date me and you're like seminarian <laughs> <laughs> yeah. excuse you it was a little little more awkward in real life than that but <laughs> but yeah there's there's this expectation and unfortunately I've seen it more from Catholics where it's like, oh, you're at the seminary. So like, you're going to be ordained. Yeah. It's, a, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, uh, I don't want to call everybody out on it, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. a healthy mindset. Right. I don't think it's a healthy way of, of approaching the situation at all. I have, I'm a, I'm, when I started theology studies, I was a class of nine. We were nine men all together in, in first theology. Wow. And at the end of this year, only three of us are getting ordained. Oh, wow. And uh, I believe four- that. My a- dad was in seminary for seven years, seven and a half, and he left about a year and a quarter before diaconate. Yep. One of the guys, so it, it could be four later this year. Of the five I started with in September a year ago, one of them did not petition to be ordained. He opted to take another pastoral year. He's going to work in a parish for another year, figure things out, work on on some things, some like simple things like public speaking and, and some other things. And one of the guys was had asked to, to postpone his ordination. He was called the bishop. He petitioned to, to be ordained a deacon. He was called by his bishop. They had everything set up for, I think, August 10th, the same day as myself. And he said, let's put the brakes on this for a bit because I've got to, I've got to think about some things. Things are coming up that I, I need to think about. So we're going to pause on this. And I know of a guy who I studied with, who's a, was a couple of years ahead of me, who was actually ordained a deacon, but then realized that that was, that was done in error. So yeah, that's a little bit of a more, that was a little bit of a trickier situation uh, to, because that, at your diaconate ordination, you promise celibacy. So that's a little bit trickier of a situation. Yeah. But I I really think that it should be more people, more freely, more men, more freely entering and exiting seminary. And to have it not like, oh, you failed is not the mentality or the mindset I want to see. And it's like, you don't point at the guy who left seminary and said, you failed because the discernment was yes or no. And the answer in an affirmative one way or the other is a success. Like that's what seminary is for. You, you go in there to prayerfully discern, to decide, to figure out, is this where the Lord is calling me? Is this how he's calling me to live my life? Is this my path to sanctity? 
Yeah. And you could go through, like the education is happening synchronously. It's happening at the same time, but it's not, it's, it's, it's a little bit of correlation. It's not causation because I've reached this level of study. Therefore I must, it's not that at all. There are certain benchmarks like you, we typically won't ordain you a deacon before you're completed this much theology studies, but it's, it's not a benchmark. It's just a, you've spent this long in seminary. Therefore we feel pretty confident that, you know, so it, it would, it would be a lot better for the men entering and exiting. If the, the mindset was like, congratulations on going to seminary, congratulations right. on leaving seminary. Yeah. I, I, I actually thought that that's how most people operated just because I was never, I never knew that people could have the thought like, oh, you failed. I was like, mm. okay, yeah, you found out and da, da, da. like my dad left and then he got married and had five children. <laughs> no one knocked him for that, that I'm aware of. And if they did, then no one told me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, there's a guy who comes to the parish I'm, I'm at right now. He's also tall. Um, that's like his claim to fit. No, he's, he's a teacher uh, here and he, he was at seminary and he left and he's now married with, with four kids. He is, he is probably more aware of what's going on at mass than the average mass attendee. My dad, he's convinced he's like mass cannot be boring unless you go to one of those weird churches where they literally attempt to make it boring. Cause he's just like mass is just the most, it's the best part of the week. Yeah, I think my preaching teacher, my proclamation, the guy who taught me how to write homilies, uh, the priest who taught me how to write homilies, uh, he said, like, if you know what's happening at mass, you don't want to skip it. Mm. And it's like, yeah, 100 percent. Like, if we had an understanding of what was going on better than like, I have an understanding of what's going on, but it's not perfect. But the average person if they had a slightly better, this isn't something you walk away from if you know what it is. Right. So, yeah. I have one less. So my aunt, whenever there's been different guys were like, that my sister are like, oh, that guy's cute. Or like, what's like, oh, but they're like a seminarian or, oh, hey, they are looking at going to seminary. They're praying, like they are actively talking to the spiritual director and they're applying and she's like, well, keep them close because many are called, but few are chosen. So they might leave and then you can date them. And I'm like, that's such a, I'm like, oh, that's such a weird thing to say to me. That's, <laughs> but she's not saying like a nice lady. She does not. She's not. <laughs> she's not saying, oh, yeah, date that, get them to leave someone. She's like, hey, be around for like, they're probably going to leave or not do it. So stick around. I'm like, mm-hmm. hang out and you can be there. And then they might be like, oh, hey, I want to date this girl. I'm just like, uh, this feels very awkward right now. It, it betrays. I mean, and like, she is right that they can leave, but it's just like, uh, I'm not like just like waiting for men to leave seminary. <laughs> it's kind of like a different or a wrong understanding of what discerning is. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, this is your spiritual. I was given a spiritual director when I got to seminary. I was, I got to choose from like a pool of two or three priests. It's like, it's either one, two or three pick, but you, 
can have a spiritual director and not be pursuing the priesthood or religious life. Spiritual direction is. I have a spiritual director. Yeah, exactly. But and 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 that's a great thing because we're all on this journey in faith, and sometimes we need direction. If there was a Google Maps for the spiritual life, that would be really great because then we could get directions without asking people. But you and I are created in the image and likeness of God and God exists as a community of people. So we're meant to interact with other people. It's just Mm -hmm. hardwired in us. And as an extrovert, it'd be like, somebody's, you know, wants to be my friend, even though I'm at seminary. Heck yeah. Like, like sign me up. (laughs) I love friends, but I don't know. I think think that I go about it differently because I can like be friends with men and I'm not thinking about dating. I'm like, oh yeah, they're just really awesome and funny. Like, and I enjoy conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And then I can be like, oh, hey, like if they're single, I'm like, oh, hey, I have another friend. She's cute. And it's like, hey friend, my friend is cute. What a date. <laughs> that has never happened to me. <laughs> While you were in seminary the entire time, maybe that's why. <laughs> That, that is, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Your, your aunt's comments are They're probably left ignored, like better left, just kind of like, okay. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you, that you said a couple times was how you'll jump into anything feet first, eyes shut. I admire that so much about you or any anybody who has that kind of perspective I wish I could be more like that because I think it takes a lot of faith and trust to be able to do that just like go all in and whatever happens I think that's such a courageous way to live life I love how you're just like I'm all in on this and I'm gonna go for it because why not it it seminary is a really all of your eggs in one basket kind of thing. If you're not all in, you're not going to get anything out of it. There's a fine line to balance between being all in on something and being completely emotionally attached to the outcome that you want, because it's not my will that I'm seeking. It's it's the Lord's will. So there's (laughs) like a, a healthy unattachment. Like you're not attached to whatever you're just completely abandoning it to God. And you're just like, okay, and the all in aspect is like, okay, until I get a definitive answer one way or the other, all of my eggs are in this basket. Mm-hmm. But I think that line of thinking in the secular world is like, if all of your eggs are in one basket and you drop that basket, your eggs break and you don't have any eggs left. Whereas if you put all of your eggs into the seminary basket and seminary is not for you, you get to take all of your eggs back out of that basket. And your eggs are not broken. In fact, you've grown, you've matured. If you don't mature at seminary, you're not doing it right. I am not the same person who entered seven years ago. I am vastly more mature, vastly more self-aware and articulate. And all of my eggs have been in that basket and I've grown. And if the Lord had decided that this was not my vocation, even after all of this time, I would still, like none of my eggs would be lost. These things that I have that are developing during this time at seminary could help me in a, in a variety of different careers. Mm -hmm. But 
my vocation right now, my vocation, what I truly believe the Lord is calling me to, that's where all of my eggs are. You're going to use certain gifts in certain areas in one part of your life and, and in different gifts in a different area of your life. And you could be like, okay, I'm going to devote this much time of my life to my career as an accountant. And these skills are going to be used for, for my family life. And so my, my eggs are in different baskets if I was an accountant and I had like a family and a career and some friends and whatnot. Those different things would be in different areas. Okay. And if you lost your job, well, you could get another job, but other your, your other things and your identity would not be destroyed because right. you had different things in different baskets. But with seminary, you're all in. And, mm -hmm. if, and if the Lord calls you to leave seminary, you don't lose anything, right? Mm -hmm. That's, I think, the long way of saying that short thing. <laughs> Right. No, that's great. No, that's good. Being, you know, being docile to the spirit as it moves you through this life is, it's, it's a very difficult thing that takes a lot of practice, a lot of sometimes heartache and heartbreak. Mm. And it's raw, it's vulnerable, it's emotional, and it's good. And it's really exciting, too. Um, I, yeah, I appreciate your perspective so much. It's so brave. It can be difficult. You put everything on the line and it is, it is raw, it is vulnerable, and that can be scary. But the fact that you do it anyway, I love that. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of courage and bravery to be able to do that, to put it all on the line like you do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think this was actually a good time to go into grounds to cover because I think Mark, you just provided us with so many great things for grounds to cover. Yes, that's a good idea. Um, yes, let's move to grounds to cover. Practical ways that we can take parts of Mark's story and the things that we have discussed today and apply them to our life this week. The first thing I'm going to say, Maura's already <laughs> laughing because she knows, and if you're an avid listener, you know what I'm about to say, which is pray three Hail Marys every day. Mark knew. Three Hail Marys every day for your vocation. You'll thank me later. I can't say I... <laughs> It's so true. I think another... Thing that Mark had brought up in his story that really helped him um, and then we talked about a little and Maura too that you talked about that you have is maybe think about trying to get a spiritual director I have friends who have spiritual direction all the time and I mean it's been nothing but helpful for them I think mine yeah. tells me how talented I am and how many gifts I have and how mature I am mm -hmm. like, but who will also tell you yeah like you're she not talented uh, yeah <laughs> you, you or, want an honest spiritual director right right there's times where she's like you say that i've noticed you say this like, you know that's it's not the same thing right i'll be like yeah i know <laughs> mine just finds me very impressive and i'm like oh okay <laughs> and that's a that's a good thing to be affirmed in the areas you need affirmation but you need to be confronted in the areas that you need to grow and yeah, I just don't have those yet. <laughs> we haven't okay. found them. I just, 
I think I just don't tell her about how I don't actually write things down when she tells me to. <laughs> we we all have areas to grow. Yes, it's true. There you go. That is is between you and your spiritual director and God. And if you mm-hmm. don't have a spiritual director and you're looking to find one, you got to find somebody who will challenge you, who will yes. be honest, but who will not be harsh. Right. And tip most of the people I know with mm-hmm. spiritual directors are actively seeking something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. uh, some sort of life change from their current, like, I, you know, I'm, I got a spiritual director who I meet and I'm in the seminary or I'm thinking about going to join a religious order or I'm thinking about marriage. And mm-hmm. sometimes you'll have a spiritual director for, for one part of your life and you'll have a different one for a different part. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, when I've thought about finding one that can be sometimes a struggle is trying to find someone that is a good fit for you. Yeah. Cause that, that is important to try and find someone who is going to be able to challenge you in a way that you need to be challenged. And there's a natural chemistry that needs to come with that. So. Yeah. It, you, you need it. It's, it's what, it's what you need in that situation. But you also like, he's not afraid to call me out on my BS and to, to probe and go deeper. Oh yeah. Mine does the same thing and it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's awfully wonderful. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You're just like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) But I have to. It's, it's, it's often by going deeper that we are able to grow taller. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you're so tall. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's all of the mom, my mom's cookies, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So is that like, is that all we have for grounds to cover? Is there anything else we have to add? Yeah. And just um... try it out. Go on a come and see weekend. If, if there's a seminary nearby, talk to your vocation director, go to your diocese website or go to your parish priest and just be like, Hey, is there a vocation director? And the really good vocation directors will be directing vocations, not just towards the seminary and not just towards the convent or the monastery, but like all vocations. Yeah. And there'll be a good resource to talk to about like, hey, I'm thinking about my vocation. I want to take this seriously. And they should be a good resource to help you, a good resource to talk to. I would say that's like step one. Mm -hmm. And if there is a seminary close by or a a religious community that you're interested in, talk to them. See if they have like masses that are open to the public or weekend kind of getaways to come and see what it's like living there and try it out and then pray and continue to, to talk to people about it. If you're serious about discerning something, talk about it with trusted individuals and go and and continue to talk about it and, and bring it up with your friends, with your spiritual director, with your, the vocation director, your parish priest, bring it up in prayer. Like, Hey, it's 12 o'clock. It's lunchtime. But before it's lunchtime, I'm going to say my three Hail Marys for my vocation and do that. Bring it up because if it's on the forefront of your mind, it will happen. Yeah. Pray about it and talk to people about it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes when people are like come around to like, I should pray about this vocation and 
they're afraid of closed doors, but then at least you know. Also, open doors, a little bit frightening. And uh, that's that's a huge part of it, too, is like, I'm going to find what I am meant to do. And sometimes that's a little bit scary, but it's also really good. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been Mark. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. <laughs> very, very welcome. Very welcome. I've had a blast. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to come and share your story with us. We really appreciate all your wisdom. Mark, you have such great wisdom about discernment and a living life the way you do so much faith and hope um, it's really inspiring so thank you so much for sharing it with us you're very welcome it's been an it's been a joy it has been a joy to be with you and you know before we got on the on the call i i was nervous and i you know i prayed that the 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 lord would speak through me and so it's Mm -hmm. it's it's always a joy to share and to do the thing I, I really love doing, which is to, yeah. to talk about God and to generate life in a spiritual way. You've and definitely then, done that today. So, And then maybe, you know, when this whole pandemic thing's over, we can all get pizza together. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate yes. it. So, and thank you to your listeners for tuning in once again. We really appreciate all of our listeners, wherever you are, and hopefully you were able to be inspired by our conversation today. So we appreciate you too. We are praying for you. Don't Mm -hmm. ever forget that. And we're so blessed to have you listening to our podcast. And we will catch you next time. Rate, review, send feedback, and any insights. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you later.